Next on BYU Sports Nation, game day with Gonzaga. The biggest game of the season tips off late tonight in front of a sellout and a national audience. So what's on the line for BYU basketball? Let's start with the potential spot in the big dance. We'll get the rival's mindset from the voice of Gonzaga basketball. Plus, Sports Illustrated's Jeff Benedict joins us live. Dave McCann with our BYU Olympic beat in Sochi, Russia. And Jimmer on the trading block. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Throw your hands up for Thursday. Game day, February 20th. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with our resident Portuguese expert, Jerem Jordan. Como vai? Wherever and however you may be listening, glad to have you with us. A loaded show today. It starts with Gonzaga BYU, the game of the year at the Marriott Center. 9 p.m. Mountain, 11 p.m. Eastern tip. Watch live on ESPN2. Listen live on BYU Radio. And rebroadcast tonight at 1.30 a.m. Eastern on BYU TV. And all of you will stay up and watch it after BYU wins. Yes. <laughs> Fact. Relish it. The BYU Roar of Cougars student section had 41 tents camped out on the cement last night. The front of the line guys have been there since Sunday. We went out this morning and talked to them. These guys are excited, passionate, stoked. One's from Dallas, one from Kaysville. Kaysville, Utah, Bountiful, Utah. And Bountiful. These guys are good. They've been there since it's, Sunday. It's so cold it's out like there. It's 25 degrees. The Rock is going to be rocking tonight. I, okay. I can't wait for tonight because that atmosphere is going to be second to none tonight. It's going to be awesome. Apparently they, they fed all of the people in tents last night at the Marriott Center. Let them watch Space Jam inside. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> well done, BYU Athletic Marketing. New bracketology from ESPN's Joe Lunardi. BYU, as we anticipated, the last team in in a play-in game facing Georgetown in Orlando. Yeah, it's all hypothetical, but that's what it is. The winner would take on Kentucky. Last team in before tonight's game. The Cougs can pick up some serious bubble momentum with a win over the Zags tonight. We'll be joined by the voice of the Zags, Tom Hudson, in 18 minutes. Jimmer Fredette, heard of him? An intriguing watch today on the NBA trading deadline. Coming up, what Dave Rose heard from Jimmer about his current situation in Sacramento. And then we have the mission calls, Jerem. Last night, Eric Mika got his mission call. To Rome, Italy. Yeah. Hashtag yep. when in Rome. When in Rome. He leaves May 14th. This is excellent. He can finish the season, uh, get out in May, and then come back and have about six months before he plays the game again. Same scenario years. as Tyler Hawes. Yes. Similar to Kyle Collinsworth as well, who had a lot of time there. Now, TJ Hawes, who's a signed recruit, younger brother of Tyler, fantastic season so far at Lone Peak in Alpine, Utah, just up the road. He also got his call. I don't know the date he's leaving, though. I, I never found that. Uh, is it Lyon? Lyon, France. Lyon, France. So Nick Emery, who graduated high school early, is the same year as Mika. He's in Germany, and then Mika will be in Italy, and Haas will be in France. How cool is the that? The European connection. And then Graham Pingry, who is uh, on he, BYU's he's basketball a, he's team. He's a walk-on. A he's walk going on. to Rome. He's going to Italy, too. Yeah. The yeah. same mission as yeah, Mika. I'll see you there. Did you hear, Jerem? There is one undefeated basketball team in college basketball in all of America now. A team BYU led by 12 points in Kansas City early this season. Wichita State. The Shockers likely headed for a number one seed. The only unbeaten team. This year's Gonzaga, but guess what? Wichita State in the second round took down Gonzaga last year. 
You know the who Shockers else is, hope to avoid that. You know who else is undefeated right now in football? Brigham Young. Yep. Countdown to Connecticut. 189. That's less than 190. Yes! <laughs> We're almost there. BYU 0-0, zero and zero, unbeaten, as they get ready to take on the Huskies. That, that's like in soccer. You don't have a win streak, you have an unbeaten streak. Like BYU is three zero and four in their last seven. They have not. They have an unbeaten streak. What? Oh, join our conversation by using the hashtag BYUSN. That hashtag giving BYU fans a twenty four seven avenue to link up across the nation and the world. Have your say wherever, whenever, and while you're at it, chime in on today's Twitter question: Who needs to have a big game for BYU tonight? Use hashtag BYUSN. I'm going with, this is off the board, Luke Worthington. I think he needs to defend in the post, give Eric Mika some minutes off the bench, uh, be able to prevent Gonzaga from scoring inside with uh, with Dower, who's shooting 61% from the field, and I'm forgetting the seven-footer's name, Karnowski. Uh, Luke Worthington, shoulder sprint, he needs to, I think he needs to have a big game. Of course you need Haas and Collinsworth and Carlino and everybody, I think Worthington needs to defend the post well. See, for me, Kyle Collinsworth and Tyler Haas are going to get theirs. I think Tyler's going to go 20 plus. We can plus. talk about those guys every yep. game, yeah. Yep. Matt Carlino is, has been an interesting scenario. I, he didn't really show up in the last Gonzaga game. So I think Matty Ice is uh, the guy. Matt that, Ryan? Yes. Nope. Matt Carlino. Oh, Mario but, Carlino. That's a shout out to our friend Greg Rebell. Uh, yeah, Mario Carlino needs to show up tonight. He needs to play well. He doesn't have to score a lot. He needs to be effective with the ball. His, his minutes need to be effective. Who needs to have a big game for BYU tonight? You sound off using the hashtag BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Our show also on demand at BYURadio.org, or you can listen to the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. Rise and shout, BYU Sports Nation. It's time for a game day edition of What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Game day. Bad pass by Carlino. Haas takes it right back and takes it in. Collinsworth steals it away. The law for Mika. Carlino, a three. Got it. Inside to Eric Mika. Nice spin move on the baseline. Do you know how stoked I am to hear the crowd go absolutely bonkers tonight in the Marriott Center? BYU just needs to give oh. the crowd a, a chance. Just if BYU goes on Get a 6-0 run at any point Get and there's involved. a dunk and the oh my gosh, a 3. BYU made one 3 the last game. Make a few more threes tonight. Fantastic tweet coming in from at Bleed Cougar Blue. It's game day. Games like today is what makes BYU hoops so awesome. Yep. Dream. Yep. Believe. Achieve hashtag BYUSN. Well presented tweet, my friend at Bleed Cougar Blue. Here's something I did not expect to hear going into game day. Tyler Hawes, after practice last night, in a roundabout way, says there's well, there's not a ton of pressure on his team tonight. I think we don't have any pressure on us. We're just going out there trying to win a basketball game, and we love playing in front of our home crowd. And I think our guys feed off. The energy and we're a lot more comfortable at home, so I'm not worried about. It. Now wait a second, huh? No pressure. What? Do you want to get an at-large to the NCAA tournament? <laughs> How do you not feel pressure? 
I think, Teach me. I want to okay. know how you don't feel pressure because I, I need that. Okay, on the surface, yeah, I'm flabbergasted. I don't understand what he means. But then thinking of going into his brain a little bit, I'm thinking he thinks, you know what, we're playing pretty loose, which is when we play loose, thing. we're really good. And they're home. And we're home. I think he feels less pressure because they know they're going to play well. They play well at home. BYU's been really good at home this year. They've lost one game by two points to a really good Iowa State team. The Cougars are 12-1 and at home. They beat St. Mary's. They, they did something they had not done. BYU has defeated Gonzaga in Provo. It was two years ago. Gonzaga was ranked. I've been battling this whole week, by the way, saying Gonzaga and Gonzaga. It's tough. It's a tough one to grasp. The last time Tom Hudson was on, which he'll join us in 12 minutes, the radio play-by-play voice, he taught us that it's Gonzaga. And you have said it correctly for a long time since. But I keep saying <laughs> Gonzaga. Nope, gone. You Holster know what, your gun. You know what it's not? What? Gonzaga. Oh. oh. That, I, that is pain to it's my ears. It's not the Zogs. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, so Tyler Hawes, happy to be home as are much of BYU Sports Nation. So so what's on the line? Let's try this on for, for size. So BYU, BYU has a top, they're a 38 RPI. They need to stay up there. They're this the, would help. They're the last team in as of today, according to ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi. Out it, with the loss at any point. Yes. It can only get better with a win over a very good team, a team that has a 22 RPI. Gonzaga is a respectable team. Then there's this, which we, we realized in our, our production meeting this morning. If BYU wins tonight and beats Gonzaga, it guarantees them at least well, the number 3 seed in the conference tournament, or so it would seem. They need two wins, so this would go towards that. BYU, by the end of this week, with the win against Gonzaga and Portland, BYU could lock up at least, at the, least three, the 3 seed. Which the, two, the 3 is as good as the 2. It is. BYU's going to win 2 of the next 3. They are. Yes. They're going to. At San Diego is a bigger challenge than you think. Yes. Especially given BYU's road woes. And they got up and beat St. Mary's. But they didn't against LMU, Pepperdine, Portland, Pacific. So you never know San Diego. So if BYU wins tonight and then wins Saturday, boom, baby! Going to Vegas. At least Avoiding Gonzaga. Yes. It's until not the final. A, it's not even yep. about what BYU wants to do. It's about avoiding those guys. I can't see a scenario where BYU is not the two or the three seed. Uh, if they drop to the four... They have bigger problems. They really do. Now, the first time BYU played Gonzaga, BYU, BYU lost the game. It was a two-point game at half, and then BYU ends up uh, losing that game uh, by double figures. They lose by fifth, uh, 15, 84-69, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 50. Gonzaga shot 50% in the first half against BYU, and then 64% in the second half. Uh, to me, BYU must do a better job of defending and contesting shots. The three-point line. Namely, the three-point line. Kevin Pangos made five in the second half. Gonzaga cannot shoot 50% plus, or BYU's going to lose. So BYU needs to hold Gonzaga, I say under 45, for a chance to win tonight. There are like 351 Division One college basketball teams in this great nation. 351. BYU only is better than three of those teams when it comes to giving up points from the three-point line right now. Percentage? The percentage of points they give up. Three-point field goal percentage of defense. BYU's third worst in America? Like 347 or something. I'm looking this up. (laughs) It's it's crazy. Yes. Go and research, Jerem. And every time I hear that music, that Saturday music, I want to say, tell them what they've won, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. 
Oh, game day. Did you hear? Keep it rolling. Topic two. Bumps and bruises. They were good. No, um, Kyle kind of surprised me. He seems like the knee's doing really well, and uh, he'll be ready to go. And and Luke's doing better, too. His shoulder's coming along. Okay. So Tyler Haas on Kyle Collinsworth and Luke Worthington. Great news. Looking better in practice. It's unbelievable that Kyle is not out for this game when you just watch the play against St. Mary's. It, I don't, it was I, hard to watch. I hate watching stuff like that. But I oh. had to watch to just see what happened. Luckily, he didn't... He So he bent his knee in a way that it naturally does bend, but it was very excessive. It wasn't twisted or... It wasn't like, oh man, ACL gone or whatever. It was luckily in that way. It was ugly because it was just weird and awkward and Steve Holt didn't mean to bump him in that way or whatever, but that is great news that he feel Kyle Collinsworth said he feels like he's 90%. 90%. That's awesome. That's great. I, I, I And I guessed yesterday <laughs> that he was at least 80%. And Jerem said, you don't, you don't know, Spencer. You didn't know that. But I knew, now we I do. just knew in my heart he was okay. Now, now, I'm challenging the stat that you brought up a moment ago. Okay. Three-point field goal defense percentage. I, it's something to deal with three-point field goals. The percentage of points that, that teams score against BYU. Well, the... Three-point field goal percentage defense, BYU is 167 out of 345. Okay, well, it's not so, that then. Like in the middle. It's not that. The number of points that BYU gives up from the three-point line. The number of not, points? Not the percentage. You know how I know this is correct? Because it came from a very credible source. <laughs> a guy who was on our quote the A guy source? who was on our show yesterday. Then quote, then Greg quote, Rubel. The, then quote the source. <laughs> I couldn't find the tweet. Oh, does I, it exist then? Into, oh, Jerem. <laughs> really? You think I'm going to go there? Just kidding. BYU needs to play better D on the three-point line, no doubt. Down. And BYU did against St. Mary's. St. Mary's shot four of 19. So we talked about Kyle Collinsworth and that gruesome-looking play that amazingly did not put him out for the season. He described it in his own words last night. I heard it pop, so I thought I tore it. Something extremely bad happened. I just hit the floor so hard. It caused, like, deep bone bruise, and then I went back and I heard it snap. So I thought maybe that's it for the season. You know what I'm learning from all of this? Yoga is the real deal. So in October... I'm coming out of an interview, I think, with Bronco Mendenhall for one of our uh, BYU TV specials, Getting Red Countdown to Kickoff. And I see Matt Carlino and Kyle Collinsworth getting out of Kyle's car, and they're grabbing a bunch of mats. And I'm like, are those yoga mats? Okay. And so I go over and said hi to him. Hello, and I said, do you, do you need some help? And they're like, yeah, that'd be great. So I'm helping them carry these yoga mats into the uh, Richards building as they're getting ready to, to practice and thank goodness for yoga and the fact that the Cougars are into it because Kyle Collinsworth does not survive that if he's not flexible. And serious, I'm dead serious when I say that. That The fact that he is flexible saved his, really, his, his season. And BYU needs him tonight, big time. Man, he's such an integral part of this team. He is the reason they, they beat St. Mary's twice. St. Mary's did not have a person that could guard Kyle Collinsworth. They do not have somebody that can guard him one-on-one. In other news... Jimmer for debt. We're on the Jimmer watch. It's the NBA trading deadline today. We're hoping he leaves Sacramento by the end of the deadline. Because of something we heard that Jimmer said to Dave Rose. And Jeremy, this is this is interesting. You you uh, brought this up this morning. 
Dave Rose did an interview on a local radio station in Salt Lake yesterday, 1280 The Zone, I believe. Uh, Austin Horton tweeted the following, which was very interesting. Uh, Dave Rose said, We talk a lot. I'm really proud of how Jimmers handled the difficult situation. He believes he can find a spot in the NBA. He continues to say, It hasn't worked out for him in Sacramento, but his attitude's been terrific. You never hear anything except positive things from him. And then here's the interesting stuff. Austin Horton's tweets uh, from Dave Rose last night. Dave Rose doesn't know if Jimmer gets traded before deadline, but quote, in the offseason, there will be a change, and he's looking forward to that, referring to uh, his option not being picked up with Kings. And then this, quote, Jimmer was excited, especially earlier in the season, about possibly being traded. Interesting. What we all kind of feel, Jimmer's feeling too. And when we talked to him in the locker room, when the Kings played the Jazz, we noticed that Jimmer doesn't look happy. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. That's tough to watch. Three points for him last night, by the way, after a 24-point outburst in New York. So clearly the Kings were not displaying him last night. Read into that how you will. Which of the Gonzaga Bulldogs will the Cougars have to stop defensively during tonight's big game? We'll ask their play-by-play man Tom Hudson coming up next. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We're doing it live from Studio 2. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. You can follow the show at BYU Sports Nation or follow at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. It's game day on BYU Radio tonight. Listen to the pregame show starting at 10 Eastern, followed by the game at 11 Eastern. The game's also on the telly. At, on ESPN2, 11 Eastern, and rebroadcast on BYU TV at 1.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Also coming up in a few moments, Tom Hudson, Gonzaga Play-By-Play, will join us. Sports Illustrated, uh, the new article from Jeff Benedict about Jabari Parker. We'll talk to him about that uh, at 35 after, and then 50 after. We'll talk to Dave McCann from Russia. How about that? That's quite the lineup, Jerem. We're going global. <laughs> it's the game world day. is our campus. BYU and Gonzaga. Who needs to have a big game for BYU to get a win tonight? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tweet, tweet. At Crazy Kook Fanatic, the whole team. It will take a team effort to beat the Zags. Okay. Absolutely. So who's the guy? <laughs> who, who is it? But you're Who that? It's going to take a team effort. At Ray Kazinsbach. Katzenbach. Katzenbach. Good try. For the Lakers. Carlino is crucial to BYU winning the game tonight. Mika needs 10 points and 10 boards. If Eric Mika had a double-double, that would be a very, very good thing for BYU. Matt Carlino, by the way, I just looked this up in a moment ago. Another stat of the day. Uh, the last six games, he only has 32 points. 5.3 points per game. One game in double figures. He might average more assists than points over those games. Probably it's not. Cl- it's, it's close. close. It's, it's close, really right? close. Yeah. 24 assists, only five turnovers the last six. That's 4.8 to 1. Wow. Wow. So handling the ball, he's doing a good job. Yes. I, I think BYU needs a little more little more offense out of him, though. I, again, I have said you're not it, getting said as it all much year. from Mika. You're I have not. said it all year. I want Matt Carlino to be a 12-6 and six guy. And he can do that. And 12 off the bench would be tremendous. 12 a 12 points, point per game score off the assists. bench is a lot. 12 and 6 would be fantastic. 6 for is a lot of assists. I'll take 5. I'll take 10 and 5. Okay. I'll take 9 and 5. All day. 9 to 5. Fair enough. At Dodger Jazz Cougs, in response to who needs to have a big game for BYU to get a win tonight, they say four guys, Mika, 
Carlino, Collinsworth, and Haas. It's that easy, right? I think when we envisioned this question, it was what one, individual one, one player, <laughs> what one guy is, of, needs to have the biggest game, the most. Mika, the, Carlino, Collinsworth, the most biggest. Haas, Winder, Halford, Pingree, Pingree, Johnston. Yep. Jimmer freaking for debt. Yes. Yep. BYU needs Can him Jimmer too. Can Jimmer play tonight? Okay. I, st- I still can't believe the scar that Jimmer created with Gonzaga, by the way. I, I didn't realize it until like this year that... That game, like Tyler Haas has 22 points. You're not Jimmer! And they're yelling it. It's like, uh, yeah, he's not the national player of the year, but he's the third leading scorer in America. So, <laughs> how you like me now? At FinDaddy81. I have a feeling that Carlino is going to go lights out tonight to make up for his poor shooting at St. Mary's. I, I hope he does. He's a better shooter at home, that's for sure. I don't have the uh, information with that, but he's a better shooter I just at home. want him to have a goofy celebration. Because that means good things are happening for Matt Carlino. If he does a goofy shot celebration... Does he raise the roof? Does he salute? Does he do the arm arm fists in the air from Wedding Crashers, I think was the quote he told us after a game? Does he he pocket the pistols? He used to do that. (laughs) You know know what I'm saying? Like three fingers. The big thing now is like... Like to to throw three fingers up or like put them down on the ground and sweep it against the floor. Carmelo like... Stab yourself in the head with it. It's like, what's going on? What? what the- Have you never made a three before? That's what? the thing. Like, if you hit a game winner, okay, I'm all right with that. Yeah, but it's I, like, there's LeBron- ten minutes left in the first half. LeBron's like pushing down the earth as he steps. I actually love that one. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I love that one. Yeah, world changer. I'm, I may have done that when <laughs> I may have done that when winning a foosball uh, game or something. Yeah, the, uh, the three fingers with uh, the, the circle eyes. over the eye. Yeah, in your eye. <laughs> When when did that take over? Like the celebrations have become such a huge part of the game. I, I, leave that to football. Let's, well, let's yeah. It's it's look at me nowadays. It's like can you not just score a touchdown and like hand the ball to the ref? It it, it is fun. I think it's fun. I do, but we don't have to celebrate just a crazy. <laughs> you made a three. Go play defense. Goodness, you're back gracious. down the court. Who has to have a big game for BYU to get a win against 25th-ranked Gonzaga tonight? They're ranked. When's the last time BYU beat a ranked team in the Marriott Center? It's been a while. It's want, been a little I while. I want to say it's been, it was it's Gonzaga, probably Gonzaga in 2011. Two years, two years ago, right? Or was Three? it 2012? Two, yeah, it's been a 14, while. 14, 13, 12. 12. Your stat of the day yesterday was like it's been 749 days. days now. So a little, a little over two yeah. years. Wow. BYU has a chance to take on a ranked opponent on their home floor tonight. If you're just joining us, new bracketology out from ESPN's Joe Lunardi. He has BYU as the last team in, taking on Georgetown in a play-in game as 12 seeds. The winner would take on Kentucky. In Orlando. In Orlando. How fun would that be? Just for name? I mean, just for namesake? Kentucky's a five seed. I mean, they they could make a serious run. Georgetown? Awesome. That would be fantastic. That'd be a fantastic matchup. That'd be great. It's different than playing Iona. That's for sure. <sighs> just get in. Just make the turn. Playing Iona probably helped BYU win. Have you wavered at all on your, your stance? Do you feel like with the way that things are shaking out, BYU still has a minimal at-large hope? Well, heck no. I think, Thank you, Larry Not Christoviak. asking you, Coach Christoviak. Utah almost beats Arizona in the Huntsman Center last yep. night. They go to overtime. Lose by four. Um... I, a tiny bit, a really? tiny oh, you, bit. You're, you're, you yeah, are I letting thought, some of the sunlight in. I think there's two percent chance. If, <laughs> if I thought there was zero, that was, the, bad, that was you were zero percent early in the week. Yes, 
But because of some of the things that have happened with other bubble teams and BYU jumping up the RPI. It's more and- like I don't want to feel like an idiot when it happens. Okay. So, the, so the, <laughs> there's a 2% chance. And the truth shall set you free. Winning at St. Mary's helps. Like, hey, we can, from BYU's perspective, we can do this. We can. Absolutely. There's a chance. BYU, because of where Gonzaga is in the schedule and that they're still a good team and a respected team, a win tonight would do, oh, would just do wonders for BYU's at-large hopes. That 2%, I believe, goes to, in your mind, at least goes up to 5 or 6%. Yeah, probably. You know, mm-hmm. there's just you're still just hanging by a thread, though. That's the thing. That's you're just hanging by a thread. There's no and you mar- have to win every game until the title game. In in our eyes, there's no margin for error. With that, we bring in our first live guest today on BYU Sports Nation, the voice of Gonzaga Bulldogs basketball on radio, Tom Hudson. Tom, we're talking about what a win for BYU would do, and they're at large chances. Let's be honest, the, the Zags are in. They're a team that has a great resume. Uh, they're respected nationwide. They're going to get in the NCAA tournament. What is their mindset approaching this game with BYU tonight in the Marriott Center? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, it's it, it's funny. You know, a lot of people uh, seem to think that maybe it's not a, a done deal for us. Uh, it's kind of an interesting you know, way of looking at it right now, because I think, you know, with us, I mean, this last four game stretch, you know, playing, uh, you know, in Provo tonight, you know, and then going down to San Diego where, you know, we almost lost last year. Uh, you know, and they're still having to go to Pacific, which I think BYU knows uh, can be a difficult place to play. And then at St. Mary's, you know, I, I think that the, the sense in here is, uh, you know, you need to keep winning basketball games. Uh, you know, I mean, you feel pretty good about where we are. I think if we could have gotten that win at Memphis, you know, you feel fantastic about where you are. But, you know, I think that the coaching staff is still kind of taking the approach of, hey, you know, we've got some tough games left here. And if we were to let a couple of them slip, then all of a sudden maybe you're, you know, leaving open some opportunities for, you know, for uh, other things to happen to you. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, and I do think, you know, right now uh, with everything that happened over the weekend, you know, you clinched at least a tie of the championship. I mean, I think that, you know, it would be wonderful to, you know, your first time out, clinch it out right if you were able to win tonight. So there's some things to play for still. But uh, like I said, it, it is really interesting because, you know, the thing that we don't have this year that uh, we've had in years past is, you know, we've got some good wins, but I don't know that we have any of those, you know, signature out-of-conference victories that we've had in the past. And so, um, you know, I mean, I think people feel pretty good, but there's still a little bit of a faction that thinks that, you know, hey, we need to win a few more games here, especially because this stretch down the, you know, uh, the, the final four games is going to be really difficult for us. Tom Hudson, Gonzaga Radio Play-By-Play is on BYU Sports Nation. Tom, what would you say is Gonzaga's best win and where does the BYU win fit in? Well, you know, that's uh, it's funny as you look at it. You know, when we played at West Virginia back in December, you know, we kind of thought as we talked about it, you know, Corey Violet, uh, our, our color analyst and I, you know, it was one of those wins that was great for our team, you know, a good road win in, in a really good environment, but it wasn't necessarily a win that was going to help you just looking at where West Virginia was at that time. Well, now they've started to win some games. You know, I, I'd say that, you know, in the non-conference, that's probably it. You know, Arkansas, we, we beat over uh, in Maui. Um you know, I mean, the, the BYU win, I, I think, is right up there for us. I, I mean, I really do. You know, we've uh, uh, had a schedule where we played some teams. You know, they're doing pretty well in their leagues. You know, New Mexico State's playing pretty well. Um, you know, Bryant is playing pretty well, you know, back on the on the East Coast. But as far as, you know, signature big wins, like I said, I think the West Virginia win is starting to uh, look pretty good for us. Um, Memphis would have helped. It has to be right up there. Memphis would have helped tremendously, you know, and we, we really had them on the ropes if we could have made a play or two down the stretch there. Uh, Memphis would have been huge. Yeah, Memphis would have uh, would have been giant for us. But um, you know, I, I think uh, you know, getting a shot at, at BYU. Uh, you know, one of the the great things we've talked about having BYU in the league is you know, people nationally respect the fact how hard it is to come in here and play. 
you know, maybe some of the other places in, in our league. I don't know that anybody understands when you go in. It's, you know, it, it can be very difficult. And, um, you know, but playing against BYU, uh, not only at home, but then coming in here and, and playing, I think you get some respect, which is, uh, which is really nice. I think the BYU win is right up there for us this year. Tom Hudson, radio play-by-play of Gonzaga on BYU Sports Nation. In terms of RPI, you look at West Virginia, they, they've made their way back up. They're 71. Arkansas, you brought up, they're 69. BYU at 38. So RPI-wise, yeah, the Cougars are Gonzaga's best win. The thing is, for the Bulldogs, you just don't lose many games, and a lot of people pay attention to that. They, they win games that they're supposed to win, and, and even if you're down, I, I look at the Santa Clara game as a great example. Gonzaga just wins those games. Sam Dower, of all people, hits a three-pointer to win that game. What is it about this team and their ability to close late? Well, you know what I think is, is really, really fascinating, and I think it's one of the, the great things about this run that Gonzaga's been on, is that I think that there has, there has become such an expectation of winning, and there has been such a, a, a great job done of kind of passing it down, you know, with, with each class that comes in. You know, I think they talk to the guys, hey, you know, we want to win league championships. You know, don't let it happen on your watch that we don't win one. You know, and, and there's a lot of it that, that goes on that I think, you know, these guys, there's a lot of expectation on them, but I think there's a lot of confidence that comes with the fact that these teams have, you know, been able to hit some shots over the years and they've made some big shots. And so I think, you know, our group plays a lot of times you know, even in a year like this where some people, you know, thought that we were, you know, down from a talent perspective, you lose Olenek and Harris, you know, at the NBA, I mean, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off, but there's still a belief, I think, that, hey, no matter what's going on, we still have a chance to win games. And I think we've seen in, in some of those games, you know, like you look at the Santa Clara game, for example, you know, hey, they're playing great, and they feel like, hey, maybe we can pull the upset, you know, but our guys, they don't think, get really rattled. You know, I think they've, they've been in enough of these situations, and the winning has gone on so long in the program, it's a culture. You know, and I really do think that, uh, you know, our guys, you know, most of the time have a really good belief that somehow they're going to figure out a way to win a basketball game. Tom Hudson is on BYU Sports Nation. He's the radio play-by-play for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, ranked 25th in the AP poll this week. You can follow him on Twitter at Voice of Gonzaga. It's a 15-point win in Spokane. What do you expect tonight in Provo? Boy, I expect a completely different, you know, that first year that we came in here in league and, uh, boy, the Cougars were ready for us. And, and that was one of those games, you know, we, when I was just talking about, you know, we, we most of the time have a belief that we can win. I think coming in here that first time, uh, we didn't have that belief, you know, and I, how much I, of you know, Jimmer did that? How much did Jimmer do that to, uh, the psyche? Well, you know, that's that's a funny question because, you know, I think that was the thing, you know, it came in, it's like, well, boy, got us in the NCAA tournament. He's gone, you know. And then you come in and you've got other guys who can do, you know, obviously not exactly what Jimmer does, but, you know, three or four guys who can go out and really score it and, and get after you. And I think, you know, uh, I heard you guys, you know, I know a lot of people have been talking about kind of the five-game, you know, win streak for GU. Mm-hmm. I think that some of it, you know, after that first one, I think it was kind of, a, you know, a little bit of a punch in the mouth and a wake-up call. Like, oh, hey, wait a second, you know, <laughs> this guy, we keep, you know, talking about how good BYU is. Well, BYU is really good, you know, and, and I think we're going to see that tonight again. I mean, I mean obviously, uh, you know, like you guys said, I mean, if BYU could win this game, um, you know, that, that gives the Cougars, uh, you know, a really good chance of being in the tournament, right? And I, I think that desperation that you're going to see, you know, it's one of our coaches' biggest things is talking to the guys about understanding going in. Like when we went into Portland, they're going to play hard. They're going to get after you a little bit. You need to match that intensity because if you don't, 
you know, you're going to lose a basketball game. You know, when we saw it happen in Portland, I think our guys have done a good job of, of responding. But, uh, man, I tell you, coming in here, Ray, this is this is uh, one of our favorite trips. And not, not for our team and our coaches necessarily, but <laughs> for us, <laughs> the atmosphere is great. I mean, it's great college basketball. Um, you know, like uh, I think BYU saw it, you know, in Moraga, you know, last weekend, great atmosphere there, too. I mean, we still have two of the, the really good ones coming up. So, I mean, I think tonight is, uh, is going to be a fantastic college basketball game. And, you know, if you're a Gonzaga fan, hopefully – uh, you know, you're able to match that uh, that intensity that BYU is going to bring because, uh, you know, I think every expectation in our camp is that uh, that BYU is really going to be ready to go and uh, and really looking for that win tonight. Tom Hudson, radio play-by-play voice of the Gonzaga Bulldogs on BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you with us again, Tom. Thanks for the insight. Hey guys, great talking to you. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, we'll see Tom. you tonight. Up next, Sports Illustrated writer Jeff Benedict. Closely followed BYU stars like Ziggy Ansah, Kyle Van Noy, but his new article focuses on a player that BYU didn't get. The story on Jabari after this. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Nate Austin and the BYU Cougars. About ten and a half hours away from the biggest game of the season in Provo, Utah, as they host the 25th-ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs. You can watch it live on ESPN2, 9 p.m. Mountain Tip, or listen to it live on BYU Radio with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. Welcome back to Studio 2, BYU Sports Nation, on air with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Tonight, Tonight's game will also be rebroadcast on BYU TV at 1.30 a.m. Eastern, and coming up, uh, at 50 after the hour, Dave McCann from Sochi, Russia. If you're new to the program, uh, you you may have missed the first time we talked to a very accomplished author, a guy who has done wonders for the LDS community in a national from a national standpoint uh, in Sports Illustrated. It is Jeff Benedict. Uh, he wrote The System, The Glory, and Scandal of College Football, an intriguing read, and his most recent story comes with a guy that BYU recruited heavily but did not get when it came to signing day, and that is Jabari Parker. We welcome Jeff Benedict back to the program. Jeff, uh, can you you sum up this experience with Jabari uh, in 10 minutes? Probably not, but uh, what, what was your overall takeaway from it off the top? Uh, well, first off, good good to be back with you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on your show again. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it'd be hard to do in ten minutes, but I think you know maybe the Reader's Digest version is that um, Jabari and I and Jabari's parents actually got pretty close a couple years ago when I profiled him as a 16-year-old junior at Simeon Career Academy in Chicago. Um, we don't usually put teenagers on the cover of Sports Illustrated, but this was one of those stories, and he's one of those kids that was worth doing. And so I've had a good and strong relationship with him going back to that. And when he got to Duke, um, I thought it would be really interesting because he'll probably only be there one year to just uh, follow him through his his freshman season there and, and really study the relationship between he and Mike Krzyzewski. And uh, it's been a fascinating uh, experience because uh, Duke is kind of, in in my mind, and I think in a lot of people's minds, Duke has become what UCLA used to be under John Wooden. And uh, it it really is probably the best place in the country that Jabari could have gone to get prepared to go to the NBA. And it's it's been really uh, interesting to see how Mike has 
has treated Jabari, how he's coached him, the things he's done that are unique with him, especially in the film room and with physical conditioning, and then using a lot of things that Mike has done with Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and Carmelo Anthony through the Olympics and the U.S. national team, he's really treated Jabari in the same way. And one of those big things is Jabari doesn't have a position at Duke, and he's probably the only player in the country that doesn't have a position in college basketball. Um, And that's by design. And Mike promised him that when he recruited him, that if he came to Duke, he wouldn't have a position because there are – very few special players that that really shouldn't have a position and be able to play all over the court. And uh, that's really what you've seen lately with Jabari, if you watch his games now, is he, he'll be in the low post uh, one sequence, he'll be a point guard another sequence, he'll be out on the wing on another sequence. And it's really a, a system that Coach K has used to basically help Jabari find space on the court, the open spaces where he can go, and the defense can't predict what he'll do with or without the ball. So it's uh, it's been really interesting. Jeff Benedict, the author of a new article, the cover story on Sports Illustrated this week about uh, Duke's Jabari Parker is on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, so many things to discuss with this article that we won't be able to get to, so we'll just hit some of the highlights. I like the part uh, where you talked about the relationship that Steve Young uh, reached out to Jabari. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of my favorite. There's so many little things in the story that um, I love that. I mean, uh, <clears throat> Jabari um, got introduced to Steve uh, when he got to Duke. Um, <clears throat> Steve made a phone call to Jabari. And basically, you know, I think it's fair to say, and we say, I said this in the story, that for the last 30 years, Steve has been the most visible Mormon athlete in the world. And I think uh, it's very conceivable that that torch is in the process of being passed to Jabari. And, um, you know, Steve made a really a great call to Jabari when he got to Duke and gave him some advice. And, uh, and basically, uh, there's an incident in the story where Jabari puts Steve Young's football card in his wallet and uh, starts carrying it around. And um, and then after, when he gets into that slump that happened in early January, when he comes out of that slump, he basically takes the Steve Young's card out of his wallet and affixes it to the inside of his locker at Duke so he could actually look at Steve every day when he goes into the locker room to get dressed. And um, I think it's a fascinating, uh, one of those little things that are going on. And Steve and Jabari are very similar in certain ways. They're both really private guys that live public lives, um, but they keep to themselves. They're, they're pretty quiet. Um, they don't brag. Um, and they're easily misunderstood because I don't want to say they're introverts, but they're, they're both really quiet and they, they do keep a really small circle of friends. Steve did that when he was at BYU. He did that when he was with the Niners. Um, and Jabari's done that at Duke. And so I, I think it's been great to watch them come together and and um and actually you know this is not in the story but I I think your audience would appreciate this the football card that Jabari keeps in his wallet I actually gave to him because I had gotten it from Steve at a Monday night game this past year and um and Steve signed it and then I handed it to Jabari in New York um before the UCLA game and uh Jabari Is this an NCA violation Jeff? 
No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, if it was, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just think, to me, it makes a lot of sense that these two uh, people um, got connected. And um, because I think Jabari is going to have a long and illustrious career in the NBA, and um, and he'll be a great uh, – he'll, he'll just be a great representative for any organization that he is employed by, much like Steve was when he was at BYU and, and in his days in the NFL. Award-winning author Jeff Benedict is on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking him to, to him specifically about his cover story article in the most recent edition of Sports Illustrated featuring Jabari Parker. You brought up Steve Young and Jabari saying that they're they're private individuals. I read that you, you said you developed a relationship with intensely private individuals in Jabari and his coach, Mike Krzyzewski. I can imagine that uh, when you first began this story, it wasn't the easiest to gain access. So how did all of that come together? Well, um, I, I think in these situations, um, people like Coach Krzyzewski and Jabari, you know, they have a skepticism uh, towards journalists. And I think that's healthy and smart. Um, and, and Mike is a huge proponent of uh, building relationships built on trust. And if you read any of the business books he's written over the years or just listen to him, you know that. And so I didn't have a relationship with Coach K before this project, and but I had a long, uh, good relationship with the Parkers. And so Lola was the one who actually uh, reached out to Coach K in my behalf and let him know what I wanted to do. And then, and then Mike reached out to me. And, um, and then we had a conversation and I basically laid out for him what I wanted to do. And he told me that he trusted, uh, the Parkers more than any, any parents he'd ever worked with in his entire coaching career. And he staked his commitment to this project was staked on that relationship. So I knew going in that, you know, that's a, that's a burden on me to not abuse the trust and, uh, you know, to take it accordingly. And, and honestly, you know, guys, it's, it's not a whole lot different than when I sat down with Spencer Hadley and his parents in Spencer's apartment last fall when he was in the midst of that situation with his suspension. And they gave me their trust to, to write Spencer's story. Yeah. And I think that, you know, sometimes journalists uh, miss the fact that there are different kinds of stories that you write. There's investigative journalism where you're you're digging into like uh, you know a corrupt politician or someone who's committed a crime or a etc. Uh, there's these kinds of stories which are very different. These are um, you know personal interest stories. They're profiles, and you can't write these kind of stories without deep cooperation from the subject that you're writing about and you owe them a certain obligation that doesn't mean you owe them um you know that you hide things or that you don't tell the truth right be fair to the situation but you yeah and you have to be super sensitive to the fact that they're giving you this access and you've got to treat it right and so i think here you know that's why when i got done with this story with the draft of the story i actually drove all the way to durham for the whole sole purpose of sitting down with Coach K and going through the story with him. And some journalists would say, well, you know, you're not supposed to do that or you lose your objectivity. And I would say quite the contrary. 
I mean, what you worry about the most in these stories isn't objectivity, it's accuracy. And you have to be right. When you're doing this much dialogue in a story and you're quote, this much quoting and storytelling, the last thing you want is, for, is to get things wrong. And then to have someone like Coach Shevsky or Jabari, after the story's published, say that he got something wrong or that he did, this was not right or that the context is wrong. And so you have to form a relationship with the writer and the subject have to be pretty closely aligned. Jeff Benedict is on BYU Sports Nation. He's the author of a new article called The Education of Duke Freshman Phenom Jabari Parker. We've got about a minute left, Jeff. I want to get your sense of uh, rumors of mission possibility with Jabarker, Jabarker, Jabari Parker. And then is, do you think he'll be one and done? Well, if you think about why, why do you go to college? Why do people pay all this money to send their kids to school? You go to college to become employable. Uh, to learn something well enough that someone will pay you to do it. And Jabari went to Duke to become employable as an NBA player. Fair enough. He's and employable now. He, he is. He went to, you know, if you, if you want to be a journalist, where would you go? Well, Columbia would be a good choice. You'd go to BYU, and, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you, and if, you're, if your goal is to become a professional basketball player, well, probably the best place you could go if you had your pick would be to go to Duke and get taught by the best coach in the country. And so Jabari got to do that. He's done that. And the fact is, if he is good enough at the end of this year to be the number one or number two or number three draft pick in the country, then he's ready. And I mean, that's the bottom line. He's ready. And, and I think, you know, ultimately this will be his choice. But people often mistake what this is about. You know, guys like like him, are there to get prepared to become pros. That's what this is about. And so that is what he is going to do. And, uh, you know, I think most people would agree that he's ready to go now. I mean, just when there's 45 scouts at the Duke games, that tells you something. And uh, he's ready. And so it'll be his decision. But, you know, I think everybody at this point knows that he's ready to go. Great stuff from Jeff Benedict. Jeff, uh, I know that there's additional information available uh, on the website and some some other information. So how can uh, people get to that information and read up on it? You know, we've got a great bunch of material at uh, jeffbenedict.com. We're actually uploading some more video today from a bunch of stuff we did in New York yesterday on Jabari and down at Duke. So uh, jeffbenedict.com is the best place right now. Jeff Benedict, Sports Illustrated. Thanks for the time. Always great to talk to you. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Who needs to have a big game for BYU tonight? Use the hashtag BYUSN, and you know what time it is, Jerem. Time to whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Women's basketball. The ladies are second in the West Coast Conference right now. They play at Pepperdine tonight, looking to extend a five-game win streak after beating 20th-ranked Gonzaga Saturday. Cougars beat the Waves by 15 in Provo earlier this season. Softball. BYU begins play at the Mary Nutter Classic in Cathedral City, California, with five games this week, beginning with a doubleheader against Virginia. Revenge for football. No. And number 24, Notre Dame today. (laughs) Revenge for football. Baseball. BYU's looking for its first win of the season after dropping all four to Kansas to start the year last week. And on Monday, BYU's playing a doubleheader with Texas A&M Corpus Christi at Whataburger Field. Yep, that's the name. This afternoon and evening. 
golf. The men's team in fourth place after one day of competition at the John Burns Intercollegiate. BYU one under as a team. Justin Kelly in third place at four under. Tennis. I'm only going to say this once. The ladies lost 4-3 to Utah yesterday. Boo. Swimming and diving. Day two of the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Championships continued today. The men's relay team scored a victory in the 800 free relay with a time of 6 minutes, 31 seconds, and 41 one-hundredths for the first BYU win of the championships. Rugby. Three-time All-American and BYU team captain and a stud, Kyle Sumption is headed to the Team USA Rugby Camp in preparation for the Eagles' participation in the IRB Rugby World Cup 2015 qualifier against Uruguay. That camp starts today. Cougars in the Olympics. We welcome back into the show from Sochi, Russia, Dave McCann, BYU TV play-by-play specialist and newsman extraordinaire. Dave, are you ready to come home yet? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been a great few weeks here. It feels like a long time, but uh, we've got some good work still to do over the next few days. But I'll be happy to get home, see the kids, and, and get back to things. But uh, what an experience. I was tossing rocks in the Black Sea with Bicycahema this afternoon, and it was sunny and warm. We were in our shorts. We were out running, and we were doing a shoot for a story we're working on for later, and and we're just talking about uh, two BYU guys tossing rocks into the Black Sea. Who would ever thought we'd be here at this stage in our life, and will we ever come back? And uh, so it was kind of it was a fun experience, but it's amazing where life can take you sometimes. That's very the, cool. Who has the better arm? Well, Vi's a lot older and heavier, uh, but he still has a better arm. <laughs> <laughs> My next question is, did you take your buddy Nikolai, your bodyguard, with you to go throw rocks in the Black Sea? <laughs> Let me tell you about Nikolai. The guy's awesome. I come around the corner today for our live shot. He's our security guard out where we all go do our live shots for the, the major NBC affiliates. And, um, and ours are in the morning, and then we have three in the afternoon. And so, so he's in the afternoon shift. And so I go around the corner. He's got his head buried in that Russian Book of Mormon that I gave him. And awesome. I was excited to see that. When you talk about the different storylines uh, in Russia, hockey has kind of emerged as uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in the United States. U.S. and Canada semifinal will be exciting. Uh, the women uh, also playing U.S.-Canada matchup. Uh, what's it been like there to see Russia go down and then kind of the U.S. emerge? Fans are in shock about the Russians going down. Um, I went to uh, the Canadian game last night against Latvia with uh, Eric Betts, who's our chief photographer. He's a Canadian, so we we talked our way into that game, and um, it's the Canadian Dream Team. And this goalie for Latvia played the game of his life. Canada outshot Latvia. It was like 65-16. to 16. Wow. And they had to score with six minutes left just to win the game. And they scored on a power play of all things. Uh, but this goalie was just phenomenal. And, uh, and the Russian fans decided to adopt the Latvian team because their team was out. So it was a full arena against the Canadians. <laughs> and... The arena right next to us was where the U.S. was was beating the Czechs. But um, so it was interesting to sit in an arena of where I had no interest in either side except I was pulling for Eric's team and uh, and watch the feel the the adrenaline inside. And that there's certainly an Olympic feel that's unlike you know the Rangers and Blackhawks can't create it. It's 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 something spectacular. So. There'll be a lot of Russians still at those games. Uh, the men's semis are on Friday, and the Russians own most of the tickets. Uh, so they'll be in there, and I'm curious to see who they pull for, the U.S. 
or the Canadians. They don't like the Canadians either. So it might be the quietest hockey game in the history of uh, of Olympic sports, or uh, or it'll be rowdy, and we'll see which side the home crowd. <laughs> Dave McCann, uh, play-by-play specialist, BYU TV on BYU Sports Nation. Dave, in a moment, you're going to talk to Ted Ligeti, uh, who's had some success in, in Sochi. What has been your favorite uh, gold medal experience or just medal experience watching the American athletes? Competition-wise, um, my favorite has been the women's ski jumping because we were right at the base of the hill, and they literally jumped at us. Uh, and it was at night, and so they'd go up into the air, and they're just floating at us. Um, and then with the three... American skiers, all from Utah, that we were following, um, seeing them jump, and they, none of them medaled, but it was such an historic event, and and they're the three that got the legal work done that even got their event in the Olympics. So they were the pioneers, and uh, but just to watch those Olympians come off that jump and just go flying right at you was, uh, you know, I'll never forget that. That was spectacular. It's one thing to watch it, and it's been very fun, but it's another to talk about. Being there and seeing that, that's fantastic. So something that's happening tonight at BYU is BYU and Gonzaga. I know you're in Russia, but I know you're following this closely. Huge game for BYU. What are your thoughts on the matchup with the Zags as BYU expects a rowdy Marriott Center tonight? I know. My kids are going to be there. It's, it's going to be awesome. Um, I, you know, you can't count the Cougs out at home. And, uh, you know, I, we were following the St. Mary's game and, and uh, we're excited that they pulled that one out and the Pacific game was a disappointment. So it's hard to say uh, who they are on the road, but at home we do know that they're tough, they get running, and they are ripe to get Gonzaga, beat a top 25 team, and, and, uh, and hopefully erase the Pacific game in the minds of, of those guys who are doing the, the tournament pairings. But uh, it's a big one. These are the kind of games where you either stand up and say, I'm a player, or you step back and say, uh, I'm a third-place team in this league. So I, I hope they can seize the moment and uh, beat Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the same season. Dave McCann, live from Sochi, Russia. Dave, we appreciate the time. We wish you safe travels, and good luck in the ratings competition against KARE in Minneapolis. we got our eye on those guys. We're going to catch them, and I'll <laughs> see you guys next week. Awesome. Safe travels, Dave. Thanks, guys. Tomorrow on the show, Kim Beeston from the road, BYU women's basketball in that SoCal road trip. A recap of a huge game against Gonzaga and Bill Johnson, the play-by-play man from Portland. That's a classic play-by-play name. I love it. Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson on the call. Today's Rise and Shout goes to The Rock. Absolutely. Wayne Johnson. No. The (laughs) BYU students... Camping out, we, we heard 41 tents last night, and I imagine that's more. We went out there before the show to kind of see what's going on, talk to some of the people. We talked to the guys in the front of the line. They've been there since Sunday. Nice work by The Rock, who they will bring it tonight. It's going to be fun. Way to represent. And if you're not in the Marriott Center, wear white. It's a wide out tonight at home. Uh, support the Cougars. It, it should be fun. Quick shout-out to at Kyle Moriyama for uh, giving us... The stat that Jeremy and I were looking for earlier from Ken Pomeroy and Greg Rubel, BYU 348 out of 351 teams in three points, field goals allowed and attempted. Unbelievable. Thanks to today's guests, Tom Hudson, Jeff Benedict, and Dave McCann, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation for show links and much more. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. You've just listened to a game day edition of BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougars!